Fed Talks is a podcast for theater teachers and theater education students. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Chrisman, theater education professor at Illinois State University. Each week I bring you stories and interviews from experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, professors of theater education, and teaching artists that will warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and provide resources to better your practice in your theater classroom. So grab your coffee or glass of wine, plug in your headphones, or turn up your car stereo, and relax. Thanks for joining me for these heartwarming conversations and practical advice from other theater teachers on the front lines making a difference in their students' lives each and every day. I am very excited to have back on the podcast from earlier this season, Rachel Davis, who is a theater teacher in Florida. Welcome back to the show. Um, How has your year been so far? I know you and I were just chatting, but, but fill everyone else in. Uh, it's been good. It's been a busy year. Um, we wrapped up our fall show this past December, and this past Wednesday we started rehearsals for our spring musical, that's, Matilda. That's so. awesome. That's awesome. And uh, your classes are going well. Do you feel good with that? They are. Um, I've had a lot of people, always with second semester, we have a lot of in and out as people, new electives, or they didn't do so well first semester, so they have to go take an extra class to make up for that, so... That's in and out but we're actually doing costume design now so and their final project for costume design i give them a barbie and they have to make the full costume design it and all of it over two weeks they have to design everything and then make it for it oh that's fun so, yeah that's fun that's that's challenging too because it's so it's tiny <laughs> right it's challenging they have a lot of fun they're like we're sewing no you're not sewing anything it's using tape and glue and scissors but it's a fun way for them to do costume design instead of having to make a full size costume. We make it smaller. I love that. I love that. That sounds, sounds fun. Well, you are presenting a workshop at SETC this March. I was hoping to, Okay. Um, they didn't pick up my workshop this year, unfortunately. Um, I was hoping to be able to present it hopefully, um, but they did not have room in the schedule for all the other things they're having. Gotcha. So talk to me about what um, what that would have been and, and, and what you wanted to talk about with me today. Yeah. So the workshop was one I developed that was kind of helping create a more inclusive space for transgender and non-binary performers. Um, as a trans performer myself, I noticed when I was performing a little bit that it's kind of a patchwork of different things and what people say, this work, this work, that work. And my idea was trying to help kind of establish somewhat of an overgeneral guidelines along with some data for people to understand why this is important, especially now, why it's so important for us to have an inclusive space for trans performers, because there are a lot a lot of trans and non-binary performers. Um, and it was just guidelines there and helping to start the conversation with theater companies and teachers that are able to take this back with them to make their spaces work for everybody. That is really cool and very needed. And it's so needed right now. Um, so, cause I don't want you to share your entire workshop with us, but I would love to know like some of those, the high points from it of, of things that you want teachers to know. So one of the biggest things, um, it starts off with me just having a conversation about definition and defining things for people, because some people may not be familiar with terms such as um, F to F to M M to F non-binary and just covering those terms. And then we talk about the idea of 
there's this idea where in order for trans people or non-binary people to perform, we have to do shows with trans or non-binary people in them. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. There's no reason why a trans man mm-hmm. can't play Hamlet or a trans woman can't play uh, Roxy in Chicago. It's this idea that we have to do these shows only with these characters to have them. And that's something I really am trying really hard to get people to push to the side and just go, if this is the best performer, if this trans man is the best performer for this role, then that's how it should go. Uh, And the other thing I was talking about that goes into the workshop is the, one of the biggest things is dressing rooms. And that is one Mm -hmm. of the trickiest areas. Um, A friend of mine who is a uh, equity stage manager in California, that's a struggle she's been having with different companies that she works with and finding a place where people will be comfortable. Mm -hmm. And it's my belief and my guidelines was always one, you had to follow state laws because certain states have Mm -hmm. laws, but also wherever the performer feels most comfortable is where they should be allowed to be. And it's developing that conversation with the other cast members about that. How, how would a teacher go about creating that space where, where those conversations can be had. Cause those are, those are difficult conversations where they can be. So the way I did it before we've had some changes to the way I could do, it was just a conversation of in this space, we respect everybody. Mm-hmm. We are all different. We respect in the theater space. We respect, we all have to work together. We respect each other and understand that it is not my job as a teacher to out any of my students to anyone else. That's that's not my job. But my job is to make sure they're safe and understand that when we're here and we're rehearsing, we respect everybody. And as far as the dressing room situation goes, that's a conversation I have with either the boys or the girls along with their parents and explaining that, you know, I have a trans student who will be using the dressing room with either the boys or the girls. And again, as long as it's following district policies and state laws and all that. Um, It's a very tricky thing to have because it's a conversation to not put a target on that student's back, Mm -hmm. but also expressing that this student is not a boy trying to get your dressing room. The student is a girl who just may look a little different, but they are there just to get dressed for the show and get ready just the same as you are. Mm-hmm. I can hear some teachers in my head right now mm-hmm. saying, well, why can't I just let them go down the hall to the faculty bathroom or to a different place to change? You can, but that automatically, it's the separate but equal thing. It others them. It, exactly. It others them and says, you know, you're a part of us, but you're not. Mm-hmm. And when you have that stigma of, you know, well, you're a part of us, but not really. You're one of the girls or one of the boys, but you can't really be. You have to go down there to that one instead. Mm -hmm. And for a kid, that can be very heartbreaking that a lot of my kids, they and the dressing rooms before the show, they are having fun, relaxing. And the fact I'd have to tell one student, you have to go down the hall to the faculty one and stay there until it's showtime, it's like putting them in detention by themselves Mm -hmm. for 
what reason. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know of any resources that you recommend as, as, uh, as a trans teacher for, for teachers wanting more information, how, how they can be better ally for their students and, and even, and, and I'm, I'm saying this for myself as a, as a queer man, I don't know everything. I need to learn more. I need to still continue to educate myself. So anything that you can offer, I mean, I know we can Google and I highly recommend yeah. people doing their work too, but anything that you highly recommend. Um, there's something called the, so two things, what I used for creating the workshop was the trans education Institute. I think it's what it's called. I may be wrong about the name, um, but I could email it to you, please. Um, it is a group run by trans and non-binary individuals, and they have created a whole training system for pronoun use, training clinicians, how to write letters, how to be affirming. Um, there is one who does a thing about supporting trans creators. And there's also a social worker and a psychologist who wrote a big thick binder like this. And I have it sitting on my bookshelf at home. Uh, that's called the inclusive tool toolbox. So it gives lots of different things of how to be supportive in the best way you can. That's great. And the other one would be uh, disclosure. It's a documentary on Netflix. Okay. And it talks a lot about trans representation in the media. Awesome. Yeah, so I have a guide that goes through with it. That's great. That's great. I have my students um, as freshmen. Um, there's a there's a free safe zone training um, on online that I, I have them do when we when we talk about um, queer and trans issues with our, with their students and and what that looks like in the theater classroom. And um, I I encourage them to take that every year or two and, and just, and because they update information because things yeah. change and, and we need to stay on top of that. So um, that's another resource teachers for, for yourself. There's a free option. You can also make a donation to the organization um, to, to help pay for the, for their services, but they want the information out there and they want you to, to know better and do better. So I appreciate you sharing those. Yeah. Well, I would love to ask, because when you were on the show earlier this season, we did not get into um, your own experience um, as a trans teacher. Can you talk about that? If um, Anything you want to share about your, your journey and understanding of yourself through that? I can. Um, so when I first started teaching in the high school I teach at now, um, I was still male presenting. And then about October of that year, Right, November of that year, excuse me, um, I made the decision to present to my students. And so before Thanksgiving break, I'd had all my legal paperwork done, my name change and all of that. Um, and I explained to them that when they got back to school after the break, that I would be looking different. My name would have changed in the system. And I explained pronouns. I had one of the counselors in the room with me as well. So if the kids had any questions that I couldn't answer or they needed to talk to the counselor. They would go with her for a little bit. Um, all of my kids were extremely supportive. All of my, I had several of my kids come and hug and were happy. One group of my kids said <laughs> um, that Davis is one of us. Hmm. So um, there was that. And one of the scariest things, um, and of course, High school kids are sometimes not the nicest. Um, but one of the scariest things was the first day coming back and presenting as female coming back when they had seen me for about 
three months as Mr. Davis and making that change to Miss Davis from there. Um, and they struggled a little bit, some of them, and I had some that jumped and corrected them quickly. But for the most part, most of them were really good about it. Um, some of the struggle also came from some of the staff hmm. as well. Because um, I came out to the staff at the staff meeting to everybody before I did my students. And again, making that switch of from Mr. to Miss Davis was a switch to make. Because again, you get used to seeing someone a certain way and then they come in like I do. I'm very... Um, as my spouse says, I'm a princess um, because I wear dresses every day to school or heels. And I have, as you can see my nails, I wear nails every day. So it's a big change from how I was presenting before. And what was nice about this year is from the get-go, I was Miss Davis. And I have not had any, any really big incidents with students. I did have one student who was a little problematic um, he was removed from my class because I explained the problems we were having. But the biggest problem has not been coming from inside of my school. Some of it has been some individuals in the community who see me as, as being a teacher. I might be pushing my lifestyle, they say, on my students. Um, and I don't discuss being trans with my students. That's not... That's not something I discuss with them. I discuss TV shows with them, or I'll discuss the plays we're reading or costuming or makeup, whatever it is that we're discussing. Being trans is not something I discuss with my students. That's, I, I don't have a whole lesson on, let's talk <laughs> about being trans. It, it doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we it, Here's the thing. And I'm not, I, by no means I'm, equating my queer experience to, to yours. But if, if, if I could convert anyone or if I could influence anyone, <laughs> good God, I would just have you read the word, read the homework, <laughs> I and mean, read the syllabus. <laughs> that's what I tell people. I said, you know, if I had the ability to document my students, I would have straight A's with no problem. They would know their lines. <laughs> they would know their lines and their blocking and, I would never have to answer a single question, but I, I don't have that ability to do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, I appreciate you sharing your story and, 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 and just being vulnerable about that because I, I know that's difficult. I know um, I was, I was not comfortable being an out gay teacher um, to my students when I was still in the classroom. Um, they all knew um, and, and were fiercely protective of me in the building. And, I think one of my favorite memories is a kid said that they were at a big a lunch table with a bunch of people and some some kid called me a fag and he said, no, 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 no. He stood up. He said, Mr. Chrisman is not gay. He just dresses really well. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, all right. But but they are they, they can be very protective. But I they also can. I also know the fear as well. Um, it's uh, my first week back to school after I came out. I didn't. I still wore somewhat androgynous clothing um, and that Friday's when I first wore makeup and I can remember my spouse, I was this close to turning or stopping at a store and wiping it all off, but made the decision to go in and, and it, even though it's been a year now, a year and a half, it's still 
somewhat of a scary thing because I get new students all the time and I don't know how they're going to react, how their parents are going to react. Um, you mentioned your student at lunch. I had a student threaten to break kneecaps if another, if any students misgender me. And I say, please don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't break kneecaps, please. <laughs> don't, do don't do that. Oh, well, th- I, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And, and, and it's, it's, I would like to ask um, for those who are thinking, why do you need to? Why do you need to be open about this? Why do you need to to share this with your faculty? Why do you need to make this transition in the middle of the year and, and confuse your students? Um, and you know I'm saying that very tongue-in-cheek yeah. to you. So it's It's important for, and that's one of the reasons why I stay, is it's important for my students to see that, one, a lot of them are struggling with many different things and they are pretending to be somebody else because that's what makes them cool or whatever. And to see me as a teacher every day coming in, being successful, not being afraid to be who I am and showing them that you can be true to yourself and be okay. And especially with some of my students who may be trans or things like that, if they see someone who is an adult who is like them who is not afraid to be who they are openly. And it's like, well, the world didn't come to an end. Miss Davis did it and the world didn't end. Maybe I can do it too. So it's a thing of not showing fear, even though I may be terrified some days, but it's, I think it's so important for people to see representation Um, And that does tie into my workshop a little bit too with that's what I talk about is when people see themselves on stage and make that connection, that makes that work so much more important. Um, I know we talked about the little mermaid last time I was on and seeing African-American children see her. And for the first time they felt seen And I feel like it's the same way for my trans students or any of my LGBTQ plus students to see a teacher who is like them, that's here every day, that's just like every other teacher. It lets them know that, okay, if there's an adult that's like me, that's doing fine, then I know I can be okay too. I just think about all the the, the fierce trans representation right now that, that, that's out there in theater and film and TV and like MJ Rodriguez playing uh, uh, Audrey in Little Shop and um, Jinx Monsoon on Broadway playing Mama Morton right now. And it just, I, I think it's so important and it's not about, well, I don't want to say that because it, it is, it's important and, and we don't want to negate that or minimize the fact that it's a trans performer performing, yeah. but it's, MJ Rodriguez is a woman performing Seymour or yeah. not Seymour, Audrey. It, yeah. She's playing a role. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I wanted to bring up something as well. I mean, I don't want to monopolize all your time, but because I can talk to you for hours. Um, but the, I think it's important for, for, for teachers, for, for our straight teachers and our, our colleagues in the building and people listening right now to, to hear that it, it's not just a one time coming out. 
no. It's not just that's not just a one and done for you and it's roses after that. It's it's a daily coming out. Like every single day it's there's someone who doesn't know that I have to that that has to be told or, or has to be informed and or has to have this realization. And it's that way because it's a heteronormative world. That's the norm. That's the norm that's always referenced, and it's just the default, right? Mm -hmm. And so to let you know that I'm not part of the default, I have to do that daily. And it's exhausting. It is. Um, When I first came out, I had four classes a day, and we were doing A and B schedules. So I had on Thursday, I came out to this group of students, and then on Friday, I had to do it all over again with this group. Now, by my second class of the day, the entire school knew because I said, don't say anything. And of course, when you tell a teenager that, <laughs> that means it goes to everybody. So, but it was still a, when we, new students coming in or if people I meet, um, yeah, it is a thing. I mean, coming out to family, some family I haven't seen in years. Um, I have my class reunion coming up in about a year, I think. Um, so that'll be a whole experience coming out to all of them because some of them I haven't seen in 15 years or so. So it's it's a whole experience. It is. It's a whole thing of coming out every day almost. And I think there was someone, I forget who it was, who said that, you know, you never stop coming out. It's never, all right, I'm done coming out. It's a constant all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, what are you do to take care of yourself? I, we, I think we probably talked a little bit about that last time, but I, in terms of, of, of all of you now, how do you take care of you? <laughs> uh, usually um, when I get a chance, I try to uh, turn off my cell phone and kind of just relax at home. I actually have a coloring book from, it's an adult coloring book from one of my favorite TV shows that I will sit in color sometimes just for a couple hours or an hour or so and just kind of let my mind relax. Because if I'm not rehearsing at school, I'm rehearsing in a thing after school that I have to do stuff with at a theater. And it's just a constant hustle and bustle. And it's nice to take that hour of time to just be like I'm five years old coloring in a coloring book again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing the resources that you you shared. And please send me those links, and I'll make sure I put them. Cool. I'll put them out for this episode. Yeah. Um, any any parting words of wisdom for us now? Uh, one thing, um, and this kind of ties back to so two things actually. Um, one big thing about the workshop I was is the use of pronouns and preferred names. Um, I think there's this idea that people are afraid to ask because they don't want to offend. I, I don't know a single trans person who would be upset by you asking. Um, always ask and, you know, it, it, it's fine to make mistakes. We're learning. We're all learning. And my workshop, I presented it once to a group of grad students that I was in school with. So it is a constant evolving thing. So. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I love having you come back anytime. Come back anytime <laughs> and talk with me. The more we don't talk about it, the longer the stigma is there. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's, unfortunately, it's the same thing that happened with any group that was not the heteronormal uh, white, that any group like that, we had 
it was a process and when we stop talking about it then it goes back in the shadows and that's where it stays and let, let, let's, let's everybody come out into the light and that is a wrap for this episode of Fed Talks Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please visit our website at www.fedtalks.com where you can find all of the past guest pages with their valuable resources and lots more information on the website for you. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast provider so that it automatically populates in your podcast app so you don't have to miss a single episode. Please rate us, leave us those five stars, review us, tell us what you're liking, and more importantly, share the podcast with all of those theater educators in your life who you think could benefit from what we're doing here on the show. You can email me at jimmy at fedtalks.com and I will always respond. I love interacting with you on there. Visit us on Twitter at Theater Ed Talks, Facebook, the Fed Talks page, and on Instagram, Fed Talks Podcast. Teachers, I appreciate you. I love you. And I am so grateful for all that you're doing and the light that you're bringing to this world. Continue to change those students' lives and continue to make a difference in the world. Join us next week for a new episode. I'm your host, Jimmy Chrisman. Have an amazing week.